Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, this is uh, another part of our great interview series that we've been doing here. We've been talking to some amazing musicians, uh, a lot of uh, musicians that are, you know, just absolutely fantastic that you probably have not heard about yet or uh, maybe you don't know too much about. So we want to introduce the world to them. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to talk to you. We're going to thank our sponsors very quickly. I'd like to thank Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine. That is uh, Pittsburgh's first internet radio and TV uh, network, online community magazine, and business directory. And I'd also like to thank MTS Management Group. MTS Management is more than just an artist management company. It's a modified rock star in the music industry, specializing in full-service artist management, publicity, and promotions, and social media campaigns. MTS Management is on the cutting edge of today's new music business. Now, as I mentioned, we, this is another interview, and it's with the, the great, fantastic uh, Paul Nelson, uh, Johnny uh, Winter's uh, guitar uh, like band leader, uh, second guitarist, uh, producer, uh, Grammy award-winning producer, I should say. He's toured with countless worldwide acts and performed live uh, on recordings along with a long list of today's top artists, like I said, including Johnny Winter, Billy Gibbons, Ben Harper, Leslie West, Robin Ford, Joe Perry. The list goes on and on and on. Nelson's been featured in every major guitar magazine and news publication from Guitar World to Rolling Stone, and is credited as being a composer, performer for music heard on international and national television broadcasts such as NBC, TNN, UPN, and for the WWF. He's conducted I'm waiting. His successful master class clinics and written guitar columns all over the world. Hi, everybody. I'm Mr. Paul Nelson. Welcome to the Lugini Rock and Roll Show. Oh, thanks, Lou. I hope you didn't run out of breath. It is kind of lengthy. <laughs> You have a long, long list of accolades. You've, you've obviously uh, been a figure uh, on the uh, on the music scene for a very long time. Yeah. How did you How did you get started? Uh, what, what drew you to? Because uh, the thing is, for you, is the guitar. Obviously, how, what yeah. drew you to the guitar in the first place? I love the sound of it. I love the music that it played. I, I love the feeling that it gave me when I heard uh, other people play it. You know, uh, competently, uh, and I just wanted to to do the same thing. I, I loved songs. I loved, it just gave me this feeling. It gives you this chill up your spine when, the, when it's something's playing great and you, you know, you just want to listen to it all day. And so then I just started, you know, uh, analyzing songs and picking up riffs and just incorporating it into my playing. I took, you know, private lessons. I went to Berkeley. I studied with Steve Vai and I just sought out the best players around to learn from. And then uh, slowly you get in bands and it develops and develops. And then one day you go in the studio and you meet Johnny Winter. <laughs> That's very simple, straightforward. Basketball, uh, yep. <laughs> That's just how it worked out. Um, yeah. What was the bit? What was the? I want to ask you this. What was the um, most? Because I mean, Johnny is like, I mean, you know, he's an yeah. icon. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, like Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Johnny Winter. I mean, these are the Eric Clapton. These are the guys. Yeah. And what was the? Now you worked with John. How long did you work with John? I I met him in the early 2000s. 
Okay. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from working with Johnny Winter? Well, see, Johnny took me under his wing, so every day was a lesson because, you know, musicians are <laughs> musicians are sponges, so, you know, whatever's played or you know, around them, they start absorbing, you know, same when I went to music college. Everything you'd hear walking down the hallway or by the practice rooms or other people performing, you would it would naturally go into your playing. So just that alone was education. But Johnny, like I said, took me under his wing, and he said he turned me on to, and he did this with a lot of other uh, uh, musicians that played with him, like Tommy Shannon and and whatnot. He would he would turn them on to the blues that he listened to, you know, Robert Johnson and uh, uh, T Bone and, and uh, Sunhouse and Muddy, but not just not just an overall broad brush of it. He, he would say, Paul, you know, learn this record or, you know, this is a vinyl that I listen to. And, and I'd say, okay, well, I got to go out and get all these CDs. Go, no, 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 no. Learn this specific riff, this specific thing. Listen to this specific song. Hmm. This is what I learned from. So that was, that was educational every day I was with him, you know, plus the slide part of it and the regular guitar playing part of it. And, you know, so that was, that was, those were the freebies that were priceless. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, heck yeah. Um, you've been doing a lot as, a, as an artist in and of yourself, and you have several things going on right now. You've just, uh, the Bad- Badass Generation is a new Paul Nelson band yeah. uh, record. Now, is that officially out? Yeah, uh, pre-orders are now. It's all over the Internet. You can just look it up. Um, it comes out February 5th. Okay. The promos promos been starting now. There's a few trailers out showing the band and myself uh, with a little taste of the music. I know you got... Uh, uh, a special uh, uh, pre pre CD song, but uh, the the one song that we're, we've been the trailer is Down Home Boogie, and uh, yeah, so February fifth and this whole month the 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 real promotional swing starts happening. So it's 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 a reality, and I've been uh, working on it. I just I've been working on this yeah. for many months now. You know after. Uh, after Johnny passed, he he knew I was working on this. He was actually scheduled to be on it, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this is an important project for me, and I'm really excited about it. Now, this is a now, now from what I've heard, uh, this is a departure from Look, which yes. was that was your previous solo record, correct? Or yeah, and that was instrumental. You know, Jeff Beckis, Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, uh, Eric Johnson-ish kind of stuff. You know, at the mm-hmm. time I was doing that, it was right before I met Johnny. That did okay, really well for me. Yeah. So, you know, that was... But now I, I wanted songs. I wanted a band. So I went out and I, and I found out the... found Searched out the best musicians I could find. I got uh, Morton Fredheim. He's uh, He was number two on The Voice over in Europe. Uh I have uh, uh, Chris Redden on drums. People might know him from Papa Chubby, and he's a touring drummer. He's fantastic. Uh, Chris Alexander plays with Samantha Fish, Mike Zito, you know, a ton of bands. And so we all got together here, and we, you know, it was one big think tank, and we just started writing, and we got this really good uh, free bad company, early Aerosmith, uh, the Allman Brothers, this this jam band kind of mixture of retro 70s with uh with new stuff it, it it's just music's at a good point right now where you can play a lot of different styles and it's not like you're selling yourself short you're actually appreciated more if you do more you know as before if you played if you you would have to just play blues or just play jam or just play southern rock so i think the audience is 
is hungry for more stuff on a on on one recording. You know, guys like Warren Haynes and those guys, when they do live shows, they play Freddie King one minute, and then they're playing ACDC the next minute, then they're playing Allman you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's a really good time, and I, I, that's why I called it Badass Generation, because it's a really a, the, the term for something that, that people like is always, oh, that was badass. And I'm like, boy, that name's coming up a lot. I go, I'm going to use that in the title. So that's how that <laughs> That's yeah. a great title. Um, yeah. So um, well, I was going to ask you about the landscape. Um, yeah. With, uh, with 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 gigging and stuff like that, are you guys are you guys are you guys in a tour with this or or how's yes, it going to work? Yes, yeah, February and March. Uh, I'm sure we'll mention this later. Johnny's uh, the documentary comes out uh, March 4th, uh, but before that, uh, I'm also part of. Uh, I still work with Johnny's estate, and we put on shows very similar to uh, what's going on with BB King, the All Star Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do the same thing for Johnny. And that's uh, members of the band, uh, special guests. We've been doing that for about a year and a half now. Um, and so we'll be doing that. And then my band kicks in a- after that because the album comes out. And then you usually follow that about a month later with shows. So we're booking now. Yes, absolutely. Well, with with Johnny, now I wanted to touch uh, on this a little bit too. But we're sure. kind of going all over the place. You also became a producer. Right, uh, which so, was a so, huge honor. I know it's a huge honor, and and a friend of mine said to me, you know, oh, you're interviewing Paul Nelson. He's kind of like, uh, you know, Paul Nelson is to Johnny Winter what Johnny Winter was to Muddy Waters, and um, um, that's a huge, that's a, a huge compliment. Uh, you you said <laughs> it. I mean, I've, I've I've heard that comparison, and, and it, you know, at first, like, well, at first you just do, and you don't really realize what's going on because yeah. you're trying to help him out, you're trying to create a good thing, you've been you've been handed a huge honor and a huge responsibility. And then you realize Johnny was the same age as he was when when he when that Muddy was when he was helping Muddy, uh, the same kind of scenario where you know they were having a comeback that kind of thing. And then wow, you just realize that wow, this is actually maybe rather historic. But at yeah. the time, you're just thinking about putting out a good record. He's given you this responsibility. He wants it to be traditional. You have all these guests coming in like Clapton and. You know uh, Ben Harper, all those those uh, ones that you mentioned, Joe Perry, and you know that you have to you have to really come up and produce some good quality music for these guys to even consider playing on it. And uh, as luck would have it, it worked out, and the, the you know I really did my homework and got it got it together. And uh, Johnny and I, we each got Grammys, and this was Johnny's first Grammy for his own material. He got it for working with other people, but he never got. Um, something for his own solo stuff, which which was I, I can't believe, but it's it's true. And he did hear the whole album before he passed. He he loved it. He even leaned over me in the studio, whispered in my ear when he was hearing the mix. He says, "Boy, if we don't get a Grammy for this, they're nuts." <laughs> and that, that was the kind of humor he had, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so it got that. So um, talk a little bit about being a producer because. It's one thing. I mean, it's a different, totally different hat other than being the guitarist yeah. or the musical director or the or songwriter or just yeah. a member of a band. So, what is what do you have to think about? Like, how does this? How do you put this together as a producer? Actually, what you just mentioned, all of the above. You're, <laughs> you're a movie director. You're a, you're a babysitter. You're a, you're a, uh, uh, 
you're trying to get a specific sound. You know the overall project, uh, uh, project and what you're trying to achieve. You're an organizer. You're you're a researcher. You research the songs. You're a, 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 an engineer. You're a mixer. You're an editor. You're a, a thinking of. Uh, the, Johnny's fan base and who you're making this record for, but at the same time making it for the artist, making the artist comfortable. There's a lot, lot involved. Uh, rehearsing the band, you know, researching the songs, learning, learning the tracks because these were songs done. Uh, the premise of, the, of this and roots before it was that these were songs uh, by artists that influenced Johnny. So one by Chuck Berry, one by uh, uh, you know T-Bone Walker, one by Muddy. And then you bring in, I brought in guests to honor Johnny, honoring those artists. But at the same time, you have to know which guest would sound best with the tracks that you've chosen. So that, that's something in itself. So then you, you rehearse the band, you get all the, the songs ready. But in the back of my head, I know which guests I'm already want to add to the mix. So you... You learn those songs, but you give them a little twist so that they fit the style of the artist you're bringing in or the guest. So, in other words, uh, you know, uh, Billy Gibbons' track had a little bit of a ZZ Top kind of feel to it. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dr. John had a little New Orleans kind of thing going there mm-hmm. for, for Blue Monday and Unchain My Heart, the horn section. And we used the Blues Brothers horns in that. So each thing, you know, gets catered to. Johnny, Johnny's main job was, well, my job was to make him relaxed. And his main job was to pick which songs he wanted. And once he did that, then I was able to roll with it. And then at the same time, you don't want it to be so traditional in sound that it, you lose. You want to get as many fans into the, his style of music and the blues as possible. So you, you pay tribute to the production qualities of the past, but at the same time, you, you want to keep it hip. So there's a, lot, there's a lot involved. And then the schedules and sending you know the music out and getting, because this one's on tour and this one's here. It was a funny story with Clapton. Uh, he he said he wanted to do it, but but he was on tour for um, for three months. And I said, well, so you would do it? Oh yes, but I'm on tour, and I would. I, so I held the project I for three months. And then <laughs> and then when he got back, he was in Ohio, and I'm like, all right, you promised. And that's, <laughs> how I, that's how I got him. Yeah, yeah. But you don't want to delay it to the point where the album comes out like ten years later. So there was there was a lot of <laughs> jostling around, you know, like with uh, Susan Tedeschi on Roots and Derek, you know, they were on tour. Uh, Aerosmith had gone on tour, and some of these people either record their parts on the road, or, you know, they come to the studio or they have their own studio. So it's it's a lot of that. And then my job is to make it sound like it all happened in one in the same room. As well. Uh, so sounds like a lot of stress. <laughs> that's a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. But timing, timing is everything. Yeah, you don't want to delay the project. You're dealing with budgets. You're dealing with studios and time and flights. And, and uh, you know, once I did the one, now we did another one. Now there's something else coming up. I just got hired to do the same thing for the Junior Wells estate. Oh, okay, because I was going to ask you about Joe Lewis Walker, but go ahead tell us about that. Well, the Junior Wells, uh, uh, Cleopatra Records, uh, has their catalog, and I've just finished... 14 tracks in the same style. I just brought in the Blues Brothers horns, you know, uh, 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 Bones Malone from David Letterman, uh, Blue Lou, um, uh, Tower Power of Horn, Don Harris. And uh, so all those tracks are done. Now they're going to bring in guests again and do like, you know, Messing with the Kid and Train and that, th- those kind of songs. So, and as, as far as Joe Lewis Walker, yeah, I, I worked with him. He'll, he'll be on it. 
And so then now they're bringing in all the artists for that. So the producer thing carries on. The playing carries on. You know, I, I wear a lot of hats. Um, so how do you find time to squeeze in your own project between all uh, of this stuff? <laughs> I've, always, I've, I've always been able to multitask. I always, I'm a pretty good planner, you know. Okay. You know, you, you write. Uh, you're working on another project that's coming in. You always, you, the, the phone's always ringing. You know, there's always something going on. So uh, I, I, I've learned how to pace it correctly. You know, I fly the artist over from Europe, bring the guys up from Texas. We sit here and we're writing songs. And then, you know, then it's like, okay, I got to work on this. So I, I can work on two or three projects at once and still keep the, the caliber high. Joe Lewis Walker, uh, his album, uh, he's signed with Mascot. And I'm on that and I produced that. That, that just went up for a Blues Music Award, which I'm pretty proud of because I got one for Johnny last year. Congratulations. But, uh, that's that's thanks. That's called uh, Everybody Wants a Piece and that's doing really well. And that was done, I mean the you know, several weeks. You know, the, the, as long as the band comes in, they know the material, that's that's the big part. If they're so tight that they could do this blindfolded, that that helps. It really helps when the band if a band is is rehearsing while they're recording, that's what slows it down. So mm. luck, fortunately I've worked with great artists that just have it together coming in. So that that's what helps. When you do it all the time, too, you know. I mean, you know, when you're doing it all the time, you have a feel for what. Oh, I was just going to yeah, absolutely. The there's you know, a, there's a, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. There's a feel and there's a flow because what we're doing is we're creating music for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, how's this going to sound? How's this going to go over? Does it have the right tempo? Does it have the right groove? Are there too many songs with harp? back to back are the keys there's so many little intricate the yeah. song orders you know how is it going to song orders can make or break a record if you have too many slow ones too many fast ones you know there's there's a lot of little things and and each thing is just as important then then if 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 your music goes to vinyl there's certain things that you have to cater to to make sure that it it, it sounds good on vinyl certain recording techniques and you know all kinds of stuff so yeah and like I said, if the music's good to begin with, and that's what you do, make sure the band's really rehearsed, they have all their stuff together, and they come in. Then, then you can you can orchestrate things a lot easier, and everybody's a lot happier too. I'm you know, sure. So. Getting slightly away, slightly away sure. from actual sure, playing sure. music at the moment, you are involved with a documentary about Johnny Winter, Down and Dirty. Yes. Tell us about this documentary. Okay, the way that came about was there was nothing on. Johnny, nothing, nothing documenting him, especially when he was having the comeback. The comeback was, you know, in the 90s. I didn't know Johnny then, but by the time I met him, he was in really bad shape. He had, uh, you know, he was a child of Woodstock in the 60s, and he had really overindulged, and people had taken advantage, so that, that didn't help either, the old management. So when I met him, befriended him, slowly he gave me more responsibilities, and I started noticing there were problems, so there was uh, management changes. He had me help him with his career. And slowly we peeled away this, these layers of abuse. And it was common knowledge. All his fans know it's it's online, you know, the drinking and the drugs and the smoking and all that. So slowly we got rid of that, and uh, it it really it, it really helped. So, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, down, so is Down and Dirty sort of a document. A, a documentary yeah. is it about his whole life, or is it about yes, his so Yes, yeah. yeah, so this is about that. Okay. And I know, and I, I noticed that uh, while this was going on, 
because he had been in that condition, um, he wasn't speaking. He was being written out of history when people asked, did documentaries on Muddy, when they did documentaries on Woodstock. He wasn't he wasn't able to do interviews. He just didn't, uh, he wasn't in good shape. So I, I, I notified the record label at the time, and I said, look, uh, I think it's time to do something on Johnny, a documentary. So if anybody comes along that's interested, let me know. And then a, like a month later, I got a call from uh, Megaforce Records, who did the step back in the roots. And uh, they said, there's this guy, Greg Oliver, who just did the Lemmy video, Lemmy of Motorhead. And I'm like, wow, I, I know who he is, and I know what it is, but that's what a what a switch for a blues guy to be documented by a metal, you know, so I saw it. So they sent me a copy of Lemmy and I saw the footage. I saw the editing. I saw the look, the, the close. And I said, wow, this would be perfect. I just have to imagine it with Johnny there. So I contacted Greg Oliver, the director. And I said, you know, I think this is going to work really well, but there's one thing you have to come on the road with us. So he came on the road with us for two or three years and followed us. Uh, when Johnny and I and the band played Japan, China, went to Johnny's home in Texas, uh, on the East Coast. Uh, when we did David Letterman, he followed us everywhere. And he he put together something that's just, it covers everything. Rock and roll history, blues history, Johnny's history, uh, you know, abuse, uh, stardom, uh, an icon, an elderly statesman, you know, dealing with everything. And it's, 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 it's rock, it's deep, it's blues, and there's cameos by everybody. His brother, they found his original guitar teacher, Luther Nally, uh, Joe Perry, Warren Haynes, uh, uh, Susan Tedeschi, Derek Trucks, a whole bunch of guys. And uh, so it'll be out March 4th, and the fans have been dying for this. You know, there's all kinds of editing involved. So I'm the executive producer, uh, Greg's the director. And uh, this thing is definitely coming out. It's finished. It's actually available online now for pre-order. And uh, we're very excited to have this get out to the public because it really explains what happened to Johnny during those dark years and how he got out of it. Because he was, uh, I mean, he was like a stadium draw in the 70s. Oh, yeah. I mean, before Woodstock, he told me, he says, Paul, Woodstock, when when it first started, because it was a little gig. (laughs) <laughs> we watched it. De- we watched it develop on TV. We were already playing for 150,000 people. He was playing big stadiums already, but then they knew that it would turn into something. So yeah, he was a he was a, a rock, and and he actually told me in confidence many times. He said, you know, I hated that period because he felt he sold himself short. He loved the mm. blues so much. He was like, I hated that. I go, well, you know, and and here I am telling Johnny, you know, <laughs> when people watched you. They they researched your influences and you helped blues get a, a you know another shot in the arm because they traced it back to money and all that. So in essence, when you became that, you helped it out. And he he came to grips with that. And uh, you know, luckily he went back to blues. That's why these albums were so important to him. The last one, Step Back and Roots, because he was able to play just blues. And that's all he ever wanted to do. Mm. That's uh, that's really interesting because I mean a lot of a lot a lot of what he did in the seventies um, to today, you know, if you listen to well, you listen to your band and you listen to people like Anthony Gomes and guys like that. I yep. mean, the the rock. I mean, the blues today is kind of what the rock was in the seventies. Right. You know, and that, and what that means, way. yeah, they're grabbing from and and a lot of people like Bonamassa, Joe, and all that. They're they're grabbing from uh, the British end of it now. The British blues. 
that's that's like a, a new untapped resource. So you're getting, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's rock and that mixed. And you have the uh, the Southern influence, you know, the Allman Brothers and that thing. That's what I was saying before. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming out of New Orleans. New Orleans is like the new, uh, you know, uh, Seattle. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. There's a whole culture coming in, a whole style. Anders Osborne, those kind of guys, the Sunny yeah. Lander, you know, there's something. And it's that free spirit jamming, southern twist, sly guitar, but then blues influences. So, yes. Got, uh, but there's no lead <laughs> singers. There's no lead singers. Yeah. They're all standing behind guitars. So... I, I kind of I I I don't know if I'm gonna be the the groundbreaker of this, but I'm really trying to bring the band back, <laughs> you know, like the blues. Okay. I'm trying to get the band back together. But yeah, you know, there's who who are the next frontmen? Who are the next Aerosmiths? Who's the next Zeppelins? Uh, who's the next? You know, everybody professes that they love '70s stuff, mm-hmm. Free and Bad Company, but nobody's doing it for real. They, you know what I mean? So, so that's kind of what what this is. These, my stuff is songs, uh, it, and you hear the influences, but yet it's it's like, wow, this is this is this sounds classic, but it's it's now. It's and that's why badass generation. It's about this generation appreciating it, but taking a step further. So, I don't know if you're going to follow this with one of the songs that I sent you, but this would be a good time. What is he talking about? Let me hear this stuff. Well, we, we, do, a, um, we do a music cast uh, as well uh, every week, so we're definitely going to be playing uh, Down Home Boogie. I mean, that, uh, that, that's, I that's fantastic yeah. stuff. Um, one more thing I wanted to bring up real quick. Um, sure, buddy. It says here that you did some work recently with Warren Haynes. Yes. Well, you know, I've been asked to come as a guest for a lot of, you know, friends. I mean, Warren was our opening act with Johnny. I, you know, Sonny was when we went to Japan and all that. And so now they're uh-huh. they're paying it forward. So uh, Warren invited me to Jamaica to sit in with uh, Actually, Danny, the keyboard player for Mule, uh, he's on this record, on my record. But, uh-huh. yeah, I went down there, played with Sonny and uh, Warren. It's then you know... How, when Warren and those guys, whenever you do a show with them, they record everything. So it goes everywhere, viral instantly. They're constantly recording and spreading it out to the public, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I've been sitting in with a lot of a lot of people, a lot of people. But Warren, Warren's a good friend. Sonny's a great friend. Uh, he'll probably be on my next record. And uh, yeah, whenever we're in different places, we always jam together. Yeah, actually, Warren lives close to me around cool. here. Nice. Uh, just one more uh, official question sure. here, um, because you're in the scene, you're you're yep. meeting people all the time. Yes. Who's the guy who's coming out that nobody's heard of who's going to blow everybody away, other than Paul Nelson? Uh, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody. There's nobody yet, unless I I haven't heard of him yet. Yeah. I, 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 I no, I don't know who it is. So I'm hoping. Yeah, like you said, I appreciate that. My stuff, but. Uh, you know, it's the Bonamassas, it's the Derek Trucks, it's the Warrens, it's the Sunnies, it's the it's that 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 group. It's that group right now. That's that's the hot ticket. And I plan uh, on and I I sit in and join in on those tickets. You know, yeah. like yeah. So that's there's a click. There's a definite click. But the click is very uh, diverse, and that's what I like because one minute you sit in with Warren, and he's playing something from Tommy Bowen's Fusion Spectrum album. And then two minutes later, you're playing Tour Down by Freddie King. <laughs> and I, I think I think the musicians are educating 
the listeners, and the listeners are educating and and creating a bigger appetite and pushing musicians to play more diverse stuff. But at the same time, keeping it true to retroism, keeping it true to, you know, Zeppelin and Free and you know, Tom Petty, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, songwriting. Mm-hmm. So there's acoustic, there's electric, there's Les Pauls, there's strats, there's singing, there's... So as long as you keep it in the context of a song, you don't jam for five hours, which sometimes happens, you know, <laughs> when you get into the jam band world, it's like two chords for an hour and a half. But, uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. But I think those are the amount of guys right now. Right now, those those are the guys. Sure, people will start popping up, but, uh, yeah, there aren't there aren't that that many in that uh, at that level, you know. But it, it changes. Bonamassa's doing great. Oh, heck yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, fantastic musician. Um, yeah, and, and he's a torchbearer for, you know, British blues and Clapton yeah. and, uh, you know, Eric Johnson, that kind of mix. Oh, hell yeah. Right. Um, so what is the... So but I, the prefer, I prefer songs. <laughs> I prefer songs. I prefer background vocals. I prefer catchy hooks and where the, where the solo service the song. and the, You know, I can play all that kind of stuff, but I like when, when you hear a solo and it's a song in itself... And it's not look at me, look at me. It fits the song. That's that's where I'm at. Okay, okay. Since you brought it up, you've yep. thrown down the gauntlet. Next, I've thrown is, it down, buddy. <laughs> what are the three, three? Your top three. They can be in them just off the top of your head at the moment. We won't hold it to you later on. Hold okay. it to this later on. Your top three favorite guitar solos. you can think of it this in this uh being put on the spot i have you on the spot i, well, right, I can't i can't name any specifically but there are <laughs> artists on albums uh i mean people are actually i'm, I'm so happy that people are in the van halen again now there's there's i mean eruption solos and stuff like that was was like uh the okie dokie stomp back in the day for johnny when he turned me he turned me on to solos like that but there's there's Jimmy Page solos that are just phenomenal. There's Clapton solos that are phenomenal. That's one, two. Uh, any specific ones? There's so many songs that are so classic, you know. And some of them have been done so much you don't even want to hear them anymore. But they're just <laughs> classic. There's uh, 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 Queen Queen solos, solos from uh, uh, Tom Schultz, Boston stuff, uh, Free, uh, All Right Now. That solo is like a classic, you know. Yeah. So it's a part of the song. It's not just a, you know, exactly. oh, let's stop and let the guitar player noodle. It actually becomes part of the song. Yes, and you can hum it just like like an ACDC mm-hmm. solo. You know, yeah. he's playing all over the place, but it, there's something about it that's structured. It's so important. It is so important, and that's 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 what I like doing. And and there's there's a loss of, there's a lack of that right now, uh, but it I, it's 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 swinging back. So hopefully I'm at the forefront of this. But yeah, individual solos, you got me. There's just too many. I'm a guitar player. <laughs> There's so many rest in my head. I, I can't. I, I could say the Heartbreaker solo or from, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Right. I know what you're uh, so, um, okay. So what, so go ahead. This is plug anything you like. Anything coming up? Anything you want people to know about that we haven't covered? Website? Anything? All right. As far as my stuff, again, Paul, the Paul Nelson Band, Badass Generation, February 4th. It's online now, pre-order. And actually, the, the sales are doing really well. And I'm I'm really happy about that. It's really, the pre-orders are like, 
I think people are starting to get it. The trailer, which you can look up online, you can look my name up, just Google Paul Nelson. You know, the websites will come up, the Facebook, social media, everybody's doing a great job with that. That's all there. Johnny's movie, March 4th, it's called Down and Dirty. There you go. Uh, Johnny Winter, Down and Dirty, uh, March 4th. And then Johnny Winter All-Star Shows and uh, uh, more recordings that, that that I'm producing, the Joe Lewis Walker stuff. I uh, Yeah, so... Um, it's good, the, the Junior Well stuff. So, again, social media, just look it up, sign up to Facebook, and you're all set. And I awesome. really I look forward to people enjoying what I'm, what I'm recording. It's, it's, I'm really proud of this recording, as everybody says they are, but I really, I'm, I'm getting really good response from what I'm trying to do with this band and this music. And I, my singer is fantastic as well as the other musicians, so we've really written some good stuff. I'm, Again, proud of it. Fantastic uh, uh, work there on uh, your new record from the one track I've heard so far. Um, all right, everyone, the uh, the uh, irrepressible uh, Paul Nelson. You can go to <laughs> www.paulnelsonguitar.com. I believe that is the official website. Yeah, you can get the, all... the, Paul, the paulnelsonband.com. There you go. Paul, there you are. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, Thank you so much for listening. You are listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, I'd like to thank MTS Management Group. That is mtsmanagementgroup.com and Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine, pplmag.com. And you can catch up with all the interviews and our music casts at ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you on the next podcast. Okay, Paul, can we do yet a minute to answer like a, a bonus Absolutely. question or two? That was great, um, by the way. That was really good. You have a good time? Cool, man. Yeah, that, Let's try to make it fun. <laughs> that flowed. That flowed really well. That's the so, phone cut out for a couple minutes there, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, here we go. So, so bonus section here. Okay. Uh, this, what's the state of the uh, guitar today? Like, are people interested, the general public at large, are they interested in the fact that you are an amazing guitar player or that, you know, uh, Joe Satriani or or Joe Bonamassa or whoever is you know are, are people really into that or is that passe or uh, you can look at as dinosaurs? They were into it. They were into it. Mm-hmm. Then it got too much. Mm-hmm. The shredding. Then something happened. The blues and the jam band got into it. The British influence, led by guys like Bonamassa, Warren Haynes, and then they started rediscovering guys like Johnny. Uh, the the southern rock influence came in because Allman Brothers and all these different uh, factions of, of the Allman Brothers, Derek Trucks going one way, Susan Tedeschi, then Susan Tedeschi going with Derek, then Warren. Yeah, I mean, that the last uh, uh, Grammy Awards were all Greg Allman honorary, you know, all the awards were based around that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there is an appreciation of guitar. Do are we a guitar nation where everybody has to hear riffs? No, I don't think so. But the people that do play guitar appreciate the playing and they learn the riffs and that kind of thing. But like I was saying earlier, I'm hoping that uh, the the guitar has its place in the song, but doesn't overdo it because you still have the mass populace saying, you know, it's just too much wanking. It's too much riff, riff, riff. And I, I think that does scare the general public away you know it may turn on your buddy and and some guitar fans but uh, mm. i think you can do both you know uh, a guy like brian may 
Sure, he's respected as a masked guitar player. Do people say that he's a shredder? Not in the, the main scheme of things, but other people say, oh, he's a fantastic guitar player and his technique and his style and this and that. But at the same time, what a great solo on that song, like we said earlier, you know, that kind of thing. Pick out your best solos. Th- those are the guys that are writing the 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 the, the memorable solo that's a song in itself. And that, that people who listen, you know, want to profess that they listen to retro stuff, you know, like bands like the Rival Sun, where they want John Bonham drum sounds and all that. You can hear those influences. And I think it's, I'm, I'm hoping it's going in that direction. And that's, that's, that's where I'm going. You know, I, I, I want, I want hits. I want songs. I want things that are catchy to me and catchy to the public. And at the same time, wow, what a great solo! What a great uh, vocal line! What a great harmony! Not just, oh, that's all, you know, that kind of thing. It doesn't. I mean, guys like Van Halen and Zeppelin and Sabbath, for for what it's worth, you you peel all that away, and whatever the content was and whatever they did, the songs. I mean, you hear War Pigs, you're not thinking of the solo. You're thinking of the song Warpigs. Right. You you hear uh, Zeppelin, you know, ramble on, or if you hear, uh, you know, whatever, it, it, or Cashmere. It's the song. So right now, it's almost like everybody's practicing, getting ready to write, start writing songs because everybody's just riffing. Mm-hmm. And you got these guitar players that have been practicing for years, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, and by the way, I'm also a singer. And I'm like, really? When did you start singing? Oh, a week ago. It's. Like, <laughs> Really, I'm a you're a blues singer now. And it's like, no, no. I go. Let's leave the job to the singers. Paul Rogers. Now there's a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I, I think that's going to come back, only because most of these jam bands and everybody else are covering those type of songs. So we'll see. But there's always a guitar in front of somebody. So yeah. I, I think I think we're at a good time. It's it is a subculture too. I mean, there's a oh, lot yeah. of people that lo- just love guitar. I mean, just you know, either they're hobbyists at it or they, you know. Oh, so the there's always going to be somebody. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of them, absolutely. <laughs> and I have to learn every riff and everything. But then you got this whole mass populace, and they're just watching the voice. They're not looking at the guitar player. They're not looking at the. All you see is the voice. You know? Right. And they're all singing along. So if you can come up with uh, some kind of uh, chemistry that 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 does everything, then we have the super groups back, big bands, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. It would um, be awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and one more thing, um, you, sure. um, your, uh, I mean, like look, which was the, we talked about this before you were with, you did look, uh, that, that you're, we were kind of more in that sort of like shreddery, is that a word? Yeah, <laughs> shreddery. Like, yeah, but I was in the shreddery. <laughs> sort of like style. And like, I mean, so, I mean, dude, you can really tear that shit off on the guitar. You know what I mean? Oh. So, so like, so how do you kind of like, cause you have to kind of want to be doing a little bit of that here and there. You know, right? what, you, you, know what you do? <laughs> you, the term is you dumb it. You dumb it down. You dumb it down. <laughs> you dumb it down. And I, you know, and, and, and you save, you save those little bursts of, people know, they mm-hmm. know. You know, and and you save it for not uh, just just if if it suits you and it's like you know I just feel there should be a little more intensity here in this solo. That's when it comes out and people go, oh my god, he, wow, this guy, let him loose, he could go nuts. I've always liked those kind of things. We're like, did you hear that little part? Did you hear yes. that? Oh, but the, but that melody that he, I put melodies in the solos and that, you know that kind of thing. But yes, I've I've done all that and I can do all that, and I think the guitar nation. 
and the music uh, uh, click mm-hmm. uh, uh, cult. They uh, they know it. They know it. But but the average listener that just enjoys music, uh, not so much. But well, yeah. yeah, I always I always put in a little of that. And if in that song uh, down on boogie, you'll hear this little rip. It's like okay, <laughs> rip. You know, it's in there, and and the whole album's loaded with some. You know, but I really, I I I I I really thought of the song, and I'm telling you, when you work with great singers, it really inspires guitar players to do that. Right. You know, you don't feel like oh, I got to fill this hole, I got to fill this hole, I got to play here, play here, play, because then you're not only going to turn yourself off to it, you're going to turn everybody away from guitar players again. Right. We, we're the ones that killed it for ourselves by trying to achieve uh, maximum output and speed and this and that. Sure, that's, that's great, but, you know, you can't always write the cliffs of Dover. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, too, and 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 you and your, at your stage and, you know, yep. all, even Joe Bonamassa, they don't, you guys don't have anything to prove. I mean, no. like, you know, you don't got to go out there like, I hope they know I can play guitar. I mean, like, it's no. like, uh, you know, you are, you're beyond that. No, we just put, you know, you put the camera in front of your guitar and you make a little 55-second 50, <laughs> EPK of you riffing, playing some country riffs and some fast arpeggios, and then they know, and then you put your album out. Yeah, they, they know. They yeah. know. Or, or somebody grabs a hold of you, a shot of you playing a sound check and you're ripping up and down the net. Oh, well, we know, yeah. yeah. It's about yeah. the song. The song. Absolutely. It's about the, you know, yeah. So... Hey That's Paul, thanks a lot, man. I'm, I want to keep. I would like you to do, if you could, one last little thing for me. Could you sure. do a? Uh, this is Paul Nelson, and you're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Could you do Absolutely. one of those for me? Okay, yep. I, I'm going to count you down from five. It'll be five, four, three, yep. two, and one will be silent, and then just say that if you could. Yep. All right. Yep. In five, four, three. Hi, this is Paul Nelson. And you're listening to the Ludini Rock Circus. All right, thanks. Thanks a lot, Paul. I really appreciate it, buddy. Oh, really cool. Thank you. I mean, you have a great. Did you have a great rest of your day? I, I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. I, I'm really grooving. Oh, just, just just wait. It's it's <laughs> it's not it's it's uh, it's how do I? You're gonna think of. Well, here I'll tell you off. Uh, this is what we did okay. before we start. Before we started recording. Uh huh. We would have this think tank every morning. We did a lockdown. They were all invited. Nobody could leave the studio, the, 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 the place we rehearsed and where we live. We, we locked ourselves in for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Food came in. If you had writer's block, you, you just went into another room. And what we would do is every morning we'd wake up and listen to nothing but retro 70s. Boston, Aerosmith, Ted Nugent. Montrose, Queen, uh, 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 Tom Petty, anything from that decade. Mm -hmm. And then we'd stop and rehearse, write, and play, and record everything. And that's what got, that's what inspired us. So with Bad Company and Free and that kind of thing. So what, what, what was created was was influenced by that style so it was in us you know what i mean like you asked me you know how did johnny influence me we were like sponges so so we got that flavor that kind of thing then you know listen to then we had our own influences the blues and all that but what came out you're going to be i i think you're going to be 
pleasantly surprised. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, if it sounds anything like the like the song, like the Down Home Boogie, then I'm sure it's going to kick. Did you hear the harmonies on that song? <laughs> yeah, it's great. You're, the singer, your singer is dynamite, man. He's, I, uh, you know. uh, Goldmine Magazine said uh, Paul Ro- Paul Rogers who? He loves Paul Rogers. He loves him. I think I got the new Paul Rogers. The the new one, you know? So that, that's another thing, too. So enjoy when you get it. All right, Paul. You have a, re- you have a great rest of the day, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, All right. It, man. Have a good new year. You too, bye. Talk to you soon. Thank you.